We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to the Extra Sauce Podcast. It's my fancy sauce. I want some fancy sauce. Yeah. I'm not done using it. With the czar of sauces, Greg Hill. How many people do you talk to who say OJ is innocent? Um, the people I talk to about that subject, zero. <laughs> I mean, I I've, I rarely speak with anybody who says OJ is innocent. But on Extra Sauce today, we're going to talk with F. Lee Bailey, who is a legendary defense attorney. Mm-hmm. He, he His big claim to fame in the 60s was he defended Albert DeSalvo, the Boston Strangler. Yep. Yep. Then he defended Patty Hearst. Yeah. yeah. He defended the doctor who was accused of killing his family and uh, in North Carolina, I think. And that case went on to be the basis for the television series and the movie The Fugitive yeah. with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, that was uh, Dr. Sam Shepard. No props on my Tommy Lee Jones impression. Oh, I thought you were. We got ourselves a fugitive. <laughs> I mean, a donut with the chocolate, the rainbow-colored sprinkles on it. I thought you were burp talking. <laughs> uh, and, of course, he defended O.J. Simpson. And, yeah. and uh, last week, O.J. was paroled, and uh, he's getting out on October 1st. And so I could not be more excited about the fact that F. Lee Bailey is joining us for some extra sauce on O.J. Simpson, the trial and the aftermath from Maine, he's uh, retired. Well, he still consults, but he's mm-hmm. uh, he was disbarred, and uh, he's bankrupt, and he's living in Maine, and he joins us now for Extra Sauce on O.J. Simpson. Happy to do it. Good old Boston. Should I should I call you Mr. Bailey or F. Lee? Oh, or Lord, or, no. I just, make me feel old. Just uh, call me Lee. Does anybody call you F? I think I'd just like to call you F. Well, you're way behind the times. Oh. In 1971, I was on the Johnny Carson show, and he leaned over at the introduction. He said, do you mind if I call you F? Ah, see? And for two years thereafter, my whole staff would say, hello, F. What's up, F? <laughs> yeah, that's it. What did you, were you, um, what did you think of the portrayal of you by Nathan Lane and the People versus OJ? I, I, I thought it was excellent. I had yeah. no complaint. Indeed, they picked the... Most important lines, in my view, out of the Furman Cross, and they also they distorted a little bit as Hollywood must the glove incident. Yeah, it looks like it was worked out between the defense lawyers. It was not. I did it spur of the moment, and Johnny Cochran thought I must be insane, but I knew it wouldn't fit, and I decided let's sucker Darden into it. <laughs> was um. Was the animosity between uh, you and Shapiro legit? Well, it was more than legit. I mean, Shapiro didn't get along with anyone. He had threatened to resign before the trial and go trash OJ if we wouldn't let him examine witnesses. (laughs) So we did. Uh, He didn't do a very good job, but 
the problem was Shapiro was not a trial lawyer, and he wanted this to be his introduction, and he wanted to plead O.J. guilty when O.J. wasn't guilty. But that's all Bob knew how to do. So he kept the pressure on. It was very disruptive, and nobody was sorry when, as the picture shot around the world shows, we were all pleased with the verdict, and he was running out of the room to trash his client. <laughs> I thought uh, Travolta was great and somewhat creepy in his portrayal. He, of him. he did a great job. <laughs> he captured Shapiro, uh, the Marsha Clockdale, Sarah, what's his name, did a terrific job. The Chris Darden guy yeah. was more Darden than Darden, <laughs> and, and Nathan Lane was fine. I mean, I thought the casting was terrific. What incenses me is they play with the facts just enough to change people's minds adversely who would have been better off with the truth. Well, that's interesting that you say that. I, I mean, you are the only defense team member who is willing to say that you believe O.J. is innocent. And, no, that's, um, that's not true. No? Uh, Carl Douglas will say that all day long. Okay. One of the most important but unheralded members of the defense, a real brain behind the organization, a guy I used to work with every time I took a witness, was a fellow named Bob Blazier from Sacramento. He's seen at the defense table most of the time, and he's a stalwart uh, OJ defender. Pat McKenna, the chief investigator, and Howard Harris, the chief computer operator, will bet their lives that OJ didn't do it because they were there and helped me with the preparation. So it's not as lonely a stance as you suggest. I agree that among the active trial lawyers in the case, I appear to be the last one standing. The the uh, People versus OJ, and this is probably what you're alluding to, appears to make it seem as if Robert Kardashian was tortured by the fact that he felt O.J. was guilt, guilty. Oh, man, that was so much bullshit. Yep. Let me tell you exactly how that happened. Um, Kardashian co-authored a book with Larry Schiller, who's a very experienced writer, did my portrait in the cover of Time one time, um, wrote the book about the guy in Utah that decided to get the death penalty for himself, Gary Gilmore, a sophisticated guy. O.J. asked us to help Kardashian be a part of that book. So we did. When it came time to publish it, the publisher said, Kardashian, your name has to come off the cover. You're far too partisan. He always stood up for O.J.'s innocence, and with good reason. And Kardashian, if you don't go on TV and say something adverse about O.J., we won't publish this book. Mm. So he did. He did an interview with Barbara Walters. He called O.J. almost immediately and said, I apologize, O.J., I didn't mean any of those things, but I needed the money. And no one ever spoke to him after that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, the story behind the story that Hollywood doesn't tell leaves lots of false impressions. Any sympathy that that, Series one for uh, Robert Kardashian is wholly undeserved. So you're not surprised that O.J. got parole last week? No, I think I predicted it on, uh, let's see, I did 14 TV stations, 13 <laughs> radio stations, and I'm still doing them. You are the evidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it. not only is it because 
uh, you don't believe that he necessarily should have uh, done time in the first place, but all, but uh, also because you, you feel like in, in many cases he was given extra time for this because uh, people believing that he was guilty for the murders. Oh, my God. He was given the only time. Nobody else ever went to jail. Six of the jurors said in their written questionnaires, six of those who sat and voted we think he committed murder in California, but we will be fair in this trial, which makes me bilious. I mean, I don't know a human being in the world that can make that claim, but the lawyer didn't know what he was doing, didn't challenge them, and the judge let them sit at a time when she was angling to take over the Nancy Grace show. So I, I don't <laughs> think that's a pretty picture yeah. for anybody. In the town and country interview, you allege that uh, the parole officials at that prison uh, advised O.J. to stop talking to you to better his chances of parole. And, and that's the word I was given, and I certainly want the record to be clear. No parole official ever said that directly to O.J. that I've been told about. But when you're in prison, a lot of messages flowed in on gilded wings and sometimes uh, very suspect wings, and you try to sort out what is meaningful and what is not, O.J.'s understanding was that if he wanted to be granted parole before they actually had to let him go, that he should minimize contact with those who were critical of the Nevada proceedings, as anybody in his right mind had to be, yeah. I think. That certainly included me at the top of the list, also included the head writer for Associated Press and a bunch of others who thought that trial was a sham. Where, when's the last time you spoke with O.J. F.? The night before the trial ended. Oh, oh, the night before the trial ended? Yep. Um, and that's the trial, this particular trial? The Nevada trial yep. in 08, I believe it was. What do you what would what would you advise him to do when he gets out? How would you advise him to act? I wouldn't advise him to do anything unless he asks for the advice. Uh, and if he did, I would not consider it appropriate to tell the world what I had told him. But let me duck the question and come back at it in a different <laughs> way. O.J. got out of prison uh, in an atmosphere where he thought he'd been cleared, and people in the white community turned on him in droves. He's a very adaptable, amiable, affable person, and I think that came across to many for the first time during the parole hearing, where he was allowed to give his account of the so-called heist, because O.J. never got to testify in either of the two trials that uh, mark his name. And I got calls all over the place, 461 approving emails, one derogatory email by a woman claimed to be a woman who seemed to be semi-literate, and, and that's a huge reversal. So O.J. knows how to get along with people. I think he'll go back to Florida. I don't think he needs any advice uh, from me to fit back in, and indeed this time he's going to be under official supervision as a parolee. So I think it does. I think you're right. I think it's somewhat, if you think he's guilty and that he killed two people, it's somewhat offensive. And, and so I use the term somewhat 
Um, it, I probably should use overtly offensive to see him gallivanting around and laughing and golfing and, and doing all those things. I, so I guess uh, you, since you believe he's innocent, it's what any normal person would do if they were, if they were cleared. Well, to come back to your question, when you say if you think he's guilty, you suggest the whole American public whose only access to the trial was through the media, who, on balance, did a terrible job, but in part they weren't at fault because the prosecution torpedoed this case on the threat of a mistrial, which we, frankly, couldn't afford and didn't need. We knew we had an acquittal. We wanted to put on a lot more evidence showing that O.J. could not have done it. We never got that chance, but I am greatly impatient with those who have no direct knowledge of the trial, I never saw in L.A., telling me what they think. Yeah. Here's what they think. And the jury thought he wasn't guilty, and they got vilified for it. Yeah, I'm like an armchair quarterback in this thing. I, you're right. I have no... Who do you... Well, so if he didn't do it, who do you think did it? Well, I think it's fairly clear. There's an FBI memo suggesting who did it. Faye Resnick owed big money for cocaine. She had been removed from the house two days before the murder. Uh, people don't normally hire high IQ candidates for hit jobs, particularly out of drug country in Colombia and Cuba. And these people simply got the wrong girl. Mm. Had my witness, Tom Lang, no relation to the chief detective, testified, he would have said, I saw seems now to have been the killers with her on the sidewalk. And I saw a third guy standing outside her gate looking like he'd like to kill anyone who came along. And I was so upset by that, I took my dog and walked in the opposite direction. He let everybody know what he'd seen the next day, defense and police, and they did everything they could to stifle him. At the end of the day, we just couldn't call him without risking getting below 12 jurors. Yeah. Automatic mistrial. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. I mean it really Only is. Because Marsha Clark said, "I will not agree to it. Any non-capital case can go down as low as six jurors with consent of both sides." She would not consent. Wonder why? Was she is like? Do you think Marsha Clark gets a bad rap? I mean, was do you think she was she as bitchy as she's portrayed? Uh, as I said, Sarah did a great job portraying her. <laughs> uh, as I wrote in a review, particularly the bitchy side. Uh, <laughs> Marcia could be hell on wheels, but she had very little in the way of talent. And although she had a case I could not have won had I been prosecuting or any group of lawyers, in my view, it certainly was a show that um, shed little credit on the practice of law, the trial of cases. But with too much cooperation from Judge Ito, it kept from the jury most of the damning audio tapes with Furman shooting his mouth off. And also, he kept striking jurors. We started with 24. We get down to 14. One is 73. One is having chest pains. We ask for a stipulation. We can continue if we get below 12 jurors, she said, not on your life. I want a mistrial. Those are the words of someone who knows she's lost the case and then goes on to write a book saying how she shouldn't have lost the case. 
but they weren't fair to her. I, I read that you get letters all the time from people who say, hey, my dad always told me, this is probably like me, where I just watched it on TV and I, I believe OJ's guilty, where they say, hey, my dad told me OJ was guilty. I took a look at your website and uh, examined all the all the evidence that you present. And is is that true? They, t- they say I, they, people are, they say they believe OJ is Absolutely. innocent? Well, it's dad or mom in some cases, yeah. or the employer. These are the people that, that convinced a lot of people that Simpson was guilty and he'd gotten away with something. And ironically, I give a lot of speeches around the country. I've been warning people for six months, don't get sucked into the vortex that suggests he's guilty. There isn't enough evidence here to convict an ant. But... The press kept yelling about a mountain of evidence when, in fact, it was an anthill. And now I'm finding the millennia people are coming to me and saying, I've read your website. I think maybe maybe my parents were, were full of it. Yeah. Mm, so, wow. I mean, there, there's a turnaround there, but I can't take credit for that, even though I've been persistent for 20-some-odd years. O.J.'s appearance... As a guy who, if he ever killed anyone, do it by talking them to death and nothing else. Uh, O.J.'s appearance did him a world of good, even though he was heavily criticized for saying, I've lived a conflict-free life. And that is a defensible assertion if you assume he didn't do the things he was charged with. Being falsely accused does not create a real conflict. It creates a terrible conflict with society. So he was technically incorrect, but I could understand where he was coming from. Alan Dershowitz, I think, said that where you find yourself today not being allowed to practice law is a result of the legal community acting out against you because you believe O.J.'s innocent, and you've said that over and over again. Is that is that how you feel? Yes, but not because I said he's innocent. They became angry with me the minute the verdict came in. First of all, the lawyers and judges had been telling their family and their kids, this guy's guilty as hell, he's going to go away. Bob Shapiro had been telling everyone who would listen, he's guilty, he's going to go away. And I'm the one that made a fool out of them in their own mind. And that's what I was punished for. But... With that slight modification, Alan Dershowitz, who's been a friend since he was a 28-year-old professor at Harvard, I think the youngest ever to be a full professor in the law school, and I became friends back in 1966. Hmm. Do do you think it's more than the O.J. case? I mean, you've been a pretty um, flamboyant figure for quite a long time as a lawyer. Yeah, and I was and tried by some dissident people in Florida back in the early 70s. But, you know, I never got uh, beat up for representing the Boston Strangler. Although during the trial, one nutcake did show up with an old horse pistol saying he thought he ought to kill me quick before I got this elbow off, which is not what I was trying to do. I've represented lots of people who could be viewed as um, really venomous to society and not gotten the personal flack. But in the OJ case, I went way out on the limb, told people all the time, including news anchors, 
they were wrong and they were about to get a rude shock. And uh, about the last thing any American wants to hear is, I told you so. <laughs> so uh, I've been catching it ever since. At the end of the day, um, I think people will remember my name, not so much the people who make uninformed uh, but carping criticism. Uh, the, you, you appear to be, based on, based on several books and things, right about Albert DeSalvo. Well, I think I was right about Albert DeSalvo. All I asked for was that we take this opportunity to find out what this guy's made of and how we could recognize his successors in crime when they're very young and take them off the streets by civil process. That's what I wanted for DeSalvo. And yet, guy's going to shoot me uh, in the face <laughs> with a forty-four for defending him. <laughs> Um, what about the, uh, the 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 case which was which the uh, film The Fugitive was based on? Um, was that Doctor Shepard? Is that his name? Doctor Sam Shepard was yeah. at one time the most famous murder case in America and the most unsettling because people, unlike O.J., where there's quite a tilt in the white population in favor of guilt. People were really divided on the Shepard case. I mean, you could start a fight any bar by speaking for or against Sam Shepard. It captivated America. The Fugitive was a program started in television by a producer who once handled my network show and uh, then became a great movie with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones, two of the best actors of my lifetime, and it carried a life of its own, but it had a very romantic after being loser, loser, loser for seven years. And I came in and lost one more round. Uh, then I got very angry and said, this is terrible. These people don't care if he's guilty. Indeed, a police lieutenant in Cleveland said to me, Mr. Bailey, I don't know what you're doing here, but if uh, Sam Shepard is innocent, I don't want to know it. With that attitude, I saw, all right, let's get the big federal club and beat these people to a pulp. And we did, all the way up through the Supreme Court and through another jury trial. Amazing. I mean, it's really amazing the cases that you've been involved with. Is is Do you consider O.J. the one that you will, you you know— Sometime uh, in the in in the in the in the distant future, when people are thinking back about you, that's the one that you'll be most associated with. Well, I think that's so because it was the only headline case for a few years after the one before it, and it was the biggest headline case in the history of America. Uh, it was the biggest event, his acquittal, in the history of America in terms of who was watching for the verdict mm -hmm. when it came in yeah. until 9-11 came along and drew a bigger audience. Um, and both were repeated ad nauseum on the tube. Yeah, I, I, that's one of those questions where you can ask, where were you when you heard the OJ, OJ verdict? verdict right? Everybody I was in, knows. Yeah, Everybody I was in, knows. I was in line at a I bank. Was I, was, yeah. I was in line at a bank. They had s set up a TV especially for that. Yeah. Yep. So people Absolutely. in line at a bank could watch it then. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, if you go to your website, you present the case that OJ is innocent and, and somewhat convincingly. So I, I, uh, what, what is that website? F it's Bailey and Elliot 
two L's, two T's, and Elliot. It's all lowercase, no punctuation, baileyandelliot.com. It has a 17,000-word explication of why he could not have done it. Never mind would have. Could not have done it, which is what the jury found. And I hope that you'll go back and reread it and be more than somewhat convinced. Listen, you're right down. I'm up in Maine. I got a summer place up in Maine. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe, where are you, Yarmouth? Is that where you are these days? I'm good old Yarmouth, where I first came 84 years ago. All right. Well, I'm up in Ocean Park, so maybe we'll grab dinner one night. What the hell is that? <laughs> That's where all the tourists have so houses. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's over by, uh, it's, it's near Portland, <laughs> south of Portland. Ocean Park? Yeah. Never heard of it. Right above Saco. Rich section of town. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, it's a sh- I got a shack up there. That's about all I got. But, right. but uh, oh, come on, you guys in radio make millions. Was we would we would love we would uh, we'll, not as much as lawyers. My yeah. God, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> these guys are you know five hundred bucks an hour, and that's just to talk to you on the freaking phone. Let me tell you how many people actually get five hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> most of them are in New York or uh, silk stocking firms on the top floor of a Boston skyscraper. Did you Otherwise, guys? Did you guys ever get paid? Did you guys ever get paid anything by OJ, or did, or is the, all the money? Gone? Oh, uh, Shapiro got seven hundred, and he said he would pay my fees out of that. He never did. I spent about four hundred thousand dollars in costs defending OJ. And I did get a check at the outset of the trial for sixteen thousand. Oh, that's it! So you got sixteen grand. You spent four hundred, and Shapiro yep. Shapiro walked away with seven hundred grand. He did, and he yep. says he wouldn't defend OJ again because he owes him money. I mean, really, <laughs> Shapiro ought to give that money back. He has yeah. business in that case. Yeah, no shit. Wow. All right. Well, it's it's been very very interesting having you on. You may have. I mean, I, I God, I think he's guilty as sin, but I, but you know what? I wasn't there, so you may have changed my mind a little bit. And I, we no, love. No, no, go reread the paper and then call me with each flaw you find in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, well, we'll de- we're definitely going to call you again because it's uh, it's great having you on, and it's it's, okay. uh, it's been a pleasure. And thanks for joining us with a little extra sauce on O.J. Simpson, F. Lee Bailey. Okay. Now I don't know. I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I think I still think he's in, I think I still think he's guilty, but F. Lee Bailey makes the case for, I wasn't there. I wasn't a part of, all I did was watch on TV. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's Greg, Greg, he is such a veteran pro lawyer. He oh. Was, he was playing mind games with you. Yes, maybe Absolutely. that's what it was. I mean, or, or he's just, he's got it down. I mean, how, I, how old is he? Is he, is he's he, in his eighties. He's like 83. He still has it t- together. He still has his. He still oh, has yeah. his wits about him. Super intelligent guy. And yeah. that the whole Faye Resnick theory, I keep thinking about that. You know, when I was reading up on this, I'm like, you know what? Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. That's it's eh. so many things about. I I guess you're kind of primed to believe that the police don't set people up and and they're not willing to create evidence and and the judge I, can't be influenced I, and yeah. the prosecutors or you know and he says that stuff yeah. about Edo and I mean I I I don't know I it's it, it just it's it's hard for me to believe that anybody other than OJ Simpson did it but you know he, there there uh, was the theory that it was his son 
yeah, yeah, and, yes, and that yeah. he was going to take the hit for his son. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, but this the Faye Resnick thing, man. I'm I'm I don't know. I'm I'm feeling that one. Feeling I, like I'm buying that. And how about the fact he got no money for that? It cost him. That's four, unbelievable. To, to, you know, I, I bet though. I mean, with all the publicity and everything, I mean, the guys. Yeah. You know, Effley Bailey has written several books. Yeah, and uh, you know, you think he would be able to capitalize on that, but I, I really think it was the dis- like we talked about the discrimination due to his involvement with this trial, and I think it yeah. was the others. And he was a pretty flamboyant guy. Yeah, you know, all through the the sixties and seventies, he wasn't that lawyer who stayed in his office and kept quiet. He was no. he liked to go out in the town and, and rub had, elbows with the rich and he, famous he, and celebrities. Yeah, so. he had an island in several kitchens yeah. Yeah. at yeah. At, yes. uh, at one point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. F. Lee Bailey and Extra Sauce on the O.J. Simpson case. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with uh, another Extra Sauce episode. And I encourage you to subscribe to Extra Sauce on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.